Hello and welcome back to the Three Ball Podcast. I am in an extremely happy mood today because the Saints killed the Buccaneers. Um, Tom, well, we'll get into Tom Brady in a second. Um, then we'll talk about the boy AB because Antonio Brown back, baby. Uh, then we'll get into an NFL recap. Uh, we got Tua versus Kyler because that was a big matchup the, uh, yesterday. Um, Raptors player Terrence Davis, there's some stuff going on with him, we'll talk about that. And then, the last topic we will, we will talk about today, or the plan, the last topic I plan on talking about, unless something just pops into my head at the end, how Robert Kraft and Tom Brady single-handedly ruined, or, sorry, killed the Patriots' future. And if you don't believe me, you'll, we'll hear it later in this podcast. Um, so... We're going to start off with the Saints versus the Buccaneers. Um, last night, I was expecting the Saints to get killed. Um, Sean Payton typically doesn't call great games. And uh, in a... Ah, sorry, <laughs> lost my words. In, a, in an outside game where it's raining a little bit, Sean Payton typically doesn't call great plays and great plays for Drew in that kind of weather. Uh, but Payton did a good job. I'll give him credit. Payton did a good job. We ran a little bit. A lot of Taysom Hill. Um, personally, I don't like running that much Taysom Hill, especially when Breeze is on that night. But um, it worked, so you know it's it, it's cool that it worked. But um, I feel like if Breeze has it going and you're just putting the ball in Taysom Hill's hand, if Taysom makes a mistake, then you killed all the momentum Breeze had. Um, so we got into that. Uh, we played really great, I would say. Peyton called some great plays. The defense played great. The defense played like I was expecting them to against old man Tom Brady. Um, I mean, I to be honest, I thought I thought the Buccaneers were gonna win, and just because I didn't think Brady would play amazing, and I didn't think Breeze would play that great, mostly because of Sean Payton. But Sean Payton proved me wrong. I thought the score was gonna be like seventeen, thirteen around there, just because I mean the. The Buccaneers had a lot of weapons going into this. I mean, we'll talk about uh, A.B., but they had Mike Evans, uh, Godwin, uh, Gronk, who's actually starting to look a little bit better, but not that much better as we saw in this game because he dropped a touchdown pass. Um, they had a lot of weapons in the Scotty Miller, even though he's really not a superstar, but, you know, he's he's pretty he's a pretty dang good ball player that they got there. Um, their defense is actually really good. Uh, the defense has played much better than I thought they would going into the season. Namakasu has turned it around, like, career-wise, because last year he wasn't that great, and then uh, they uh, he's turned it around this year. And also it could be said that uh, another reason that this defense might be playing a little bit better than last year is because Jameis constantly turned the ball over last year, which after, after two weeks, Brady was looking like he was going to turn the ball over a lot this season. But... Um, which, well, he did in this game, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston was constantly turning the ball over, which puts the defense right back on the field. Um, so that's not really a good, uh, that's not really great for a defense if you're, if you have to, uh, hold on a second, I'm writing something down because I'm, I'm going to talk about something else in the podcast. It just came up to my head. We're, we're going to break down this college football weekend too, now that I think about it. George versus Florida and some stuff like that. But we'll get back into the uh, Bucks after I write that down. So, um, I just think it's 
it's tough to judge defenses, especially last year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense gave up a lot of points. They scored a lot of points. But now, now that I now that I think back about it, Jameis turned the ball over thirty plus thirty times, thirty interceptions last year, which doesn't even count fumbles. So he turned the ball over a lot last year, and that could have hurt the defense because you're throwing the defense right back on the field after they just made a stop or they just gave up a score. You're throwing them right back on the field, and that's what the Patriots, uh, that's what the Buccaneers did tonight. Um, their first three drives, or their first four drives were three and outs. You And the Saints almost went down and scored on all the drives, except one where Jared Cook fumbled at the two-yard line. You can't go three and out four times in a row and expect your defense to play good. That's just not how that's going to work, even in college football, high school football. That's not, you can't go three and out four straight times and expect your defense to not give up at least 14 points, which the Tampa Bay gave up 21 points, and they, they got down 21 nothing. Um, another thing the Buccaneers did that I didn't agree with, they gave up on the run way too early. They ran the ball four times in that game. Ronald Jones had three carries, and Leonard Fournette had one. They ran the ball four times the entire game. You Also, this isn't Madden. You can't win a game by only running the ball four times. And the run was working, too. It's not like the run didn't work. The run was working. It's not like you're playing Georgia. I'm going to use Georgia as an example. It's not like you're Auburn, because I, I very, I'm very critical of offenses who play against Georgia. It's not like you're Auburn and the run doesn't work and you just keep going back to it and you get half a yard to carry. They were getting three yards to carry on this run. And it's only with three carries. So he got nine yards, three carries. That three yards carries, pretty good. Um, and so uh, that was for Ronald Jones, at least. Um, I think Fournette maybe got a yard. But that's because when you put Fournette back there, everybody knows the ball's going back and going to him. But it's just like you gave up. Uh, this is the problem with Bruce Arians. He gives up on the runway too easily. And... He, his offense that he runs creates turnovers. You want to take shots downfield? Uh, one of my somebody said to me, only three thing, only three things can happen when you throw the football, and two of them are bad: completed pass, interception, incomplete pass. Those are the three things that can happen when you throw the football, and two of them are bad. And when you throw the ball deep. Even more things can happen because you've got a DB, safety help. Most of the time, throwing the ball deep all the time isn't going to work, and that's not even Brady's specialty. In fact, Brady, uh, and I think the third drive of the game, had Antonio Brown on the post route. He misses the post route. He throws it short. You can't do that. AB had the guy beat. you got to make that throw, and especially if you're the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, uh, everybody says Tom Brady is. You've got to make that throw. Um, one thing that really exposed this um this Buccaneers defense the Buccaneers like to blitz Todd Bowles Todd Bowles former Jets coach he was actually decent as the Jets coach he wasn't great but he's decent he likes to blitz a lot Drew Brees he gets the ball out of his hand quick the pressure was basically ineffective I think they got to Drew once or twice and one of them was a, a fumble and they got the ball and they didn't they couldn't score on the fumble that put them at like the they got down they got down to the two yard line and couldn't score at the two yard line. And it's like, come on, really? This is embarrassing. Gronk dropped the touchdown. Uh Tom threw 
couple incompletions. They went to the run once. You you run the ball once at the two-yard line, and you have four downs? Like, come on. you, you got to do a little better than that. But, you know, it, it's whatever. Um, Now we're going to get into Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he didn't play great. He didn't play good. In fact, this is the worst Tom Brady game I've seen since the last time they played the... Uh, Actually, you could say the Bears because he forgot it was fourth down and missed a check down, which would have got them the first down and kept the drive going. But he tried to force feed it to Gronk, but it's, it's whatever. This is the worst game he's played since that Bears game. If you really want to talk about it, it's the worst game he's played since that Saints game earlier this season. Um, he threw three interceptions, no touchdowns. This was an embarrassing game for Tom Brady. Um, you added Antonio Brown. A lot of times, there were a couple times Antonio Brown was open. He was only targeted. He was targeted five times. One of them was Brady's fault. He missed the post route. Um, then you had one where Antonio. I'm not Bruce Arians, so I'm just gonna go off of what with I saw. Antonio was trying to cut it back. Which it would have been open if Brady hits the uh, hits the comeback route, but Brady throws it deep and it's picked off. So I really don't know whose fault that is, but um, I think Antonio read it right. I mean, Antonio is a probably the greatest wide receiver of my generation that I've seen play. Uh, so, and Brady has read some routes wrong this season a couple times. So I'm gonna go with that's Tom Brady's fault. Um, if Bruce Arians wants to correct me on that later today, then he can go ahead and do that. But, um, in the third interception was a screen pass that was tipped, but, you know, whatever. Either his screen passes shouldn't be getting tipped up in the air like that. Come on, Tom. Um, Tom did play good, didn't play good. He got sacked a lot. And later in the game, he got sacked. Instead of stepping up in the pocket, he was stepping back into the pocket like Baker Mayfield does. That's what Baker Mayfield gets sacked a lot and makes a lot of mistakes. Um, he And he thought he was Russell Wilson. He was going to step out of the pocket and run. Which you can't do that. You're Tom Brady. You're 43 and you can't move. Um, so that wasn't good that he was trying to step back out of the pocket. He got sacked a lot when that started happening. Um, and here's the thing. What's the excuse for Tom Brady fans now? Because before, when he was with the Patriots, oh, he doesn't have weapons. And then... When he got to the Buccaneers, it was, uh, the first week is, oh, they, they just need time. And then this week, it was, what is it? You had Antonio Brown, probably one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Mike Evans, pro bowler. Uh, Godwin was a pro bowler last year. Gronk, great, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. What's the excuse? You had, you had a good defense. It's not like the defense was awful this year. So what's the excuse? The O-line was the O-line was holding up for a little bit, but the fact that Brady can't get the ball out and one, two, get the ball out, it's it's gonna be hard. You got um personally I don't like the guy. Or I don't like the fact that we pick him. Uh sorry, I just got an ESPN alert. Uh, there's nothing. We'll talk about the Masters too. Let me write that down real quick. Um if Brady has to get the ball out early against the Saints because the Saints are, the Saints like, or they don't like to bring pressure, but you got the four up guys, uh, Cam Jordan, Trey Hendricks, Marcus Davenport, um, I can't remember the D-tackle's name off the top of my head, but he's, he's, he's good, he's good, um, and it's early when I'm recording this, so I, I wouldn't expect anything amazing out of me today, um, you you had you got to get the ball out earlier than one two three four 
online should the online should only have to block for three seconds, and then you got to get the ball out. And Tom didn't do that. He got sacked. The pressure got to him. He got hit a lot, and that's what's gonna happen if you want to hold the ball for a long time. Um, and Drew Brees outdueled him. Drew Brees now has a touchdown record once again. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, it'll be a back and forth race between Tom and Drew. And yeah, uh, now we're moving on to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown played his first football game in half a year. So did Des Bryant. Congrats to Des Bryant on that. But we can get talk later about that when we go to the NFL recap. Um, Antonio Brown played pretty solid, uh, targeted five times. He broke up an interception and then the other ball was an interception that Tom threw. Uh, Antonio had, uh, I believe it wasn't Lattimore. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but he beat somebody. It might've been Janoris Jenkins. He beat him on the post route. Brady underthrew it. He broke up the interception. Um, then the other one was a, he's running a deep route and he tried to cut it back for a button. It was a long button, but it would have worked. Tom thinks he's going to the uh, fly route, and he overthrows it, and it's intercepted. Um, his other three catches that he had were a uh, little, little drag or a little out route kind of uh, post route, which was he made an amazing catch on that post slash slant route. That was a, that was a phenomenal catch. And then I can't remember what the other one was, but there were a couple times that AB was open. And he just didn't look his way. Like, um, when they went three and out so many times. Uh, the second drive, I believe, it was three and out. He had A.B. open on the third down, and he throws to Gronk for no reason. His Gronk is, like, double covered in this. It's like A.B. was one-on-one coverage running an out route on the on the right side, and you want to throw it in the middle of the field where Gronk is double covered. I just don't understand it. Um... And you could tell A.B. didn't really know the playbook a lot because he was he was constantly going to Tom, and Tom was telling him. He was putting up his fingers for a route or telling him the route. And so, and and they huddled they huddled a lot, and when they went hurry-up offense, you could tell Antonio really didn't know where he was going or what he was supposed to do. But it's going to take baby steps for Antonio Brown to get back into, not into football shape because he's in amazing football shape, but into knowing this page in into this Buccaneers offense. He's gonna have it's gonna take some time. Um now the NFL recap that we got going on. Uh let's see let me know. I'm probably gonna miss a couple games just because it's not that I don't care about them, it's just the fact that it's really not in my forte to care about these games. Well, I, I don't care about them, let me let me say that. I'm not going to lie and say I do care about them. I don't care about them. They just really don't have that much effect on me. I'm going to talk about the games that I I, I like. Um, So we went to... We won't go to Tua versus Kyler because that's, uh, that's already on the topics of what we're going to talk about today. Um, We had Seattle, we had the Seattle Seahawks versus the Buffalo Bills. Russell Wilson threw a couple interceptions. Uh, he may have fumbled. I don't know. I, I Well, actually, no. He definitely did fumble. But uh, I don't know if they recovered it or Buffalo recovered it. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, Josh Allen played amazing. He is... Uh, I don't care what people say. He's one of the most underrated quarterbacks right now. But he's... When he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's completely off. He needs to get a little bit more... Incon- a little more consistent. He's very inconsistent right now. And the fact where, hey, man, you can't score 18 points against the Jets. And you almost lose against the Jets, too. That as, as, as shouldn't be happening. You are... I'm going to say in that division, I'd go Allen, 
uh, Allen to a Dar Newton Darnold. Those are those are the best quarterbacks in that division in that order. Allen Tua Tua is the second best quarterback in that division. He's a rookie. Um, Cam and Darnold. Cam hasn't played good all this season, but it's whatever. I think the Patriots play tonight. I think since I'm doing this on a Monday instead of a Sunday. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, congrats to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills for getting that dub. Um, let's see. Oh, how about them Cowboys? Garrett Gilbert led the Cowboys uh, against Big Ben and the Steelers. Um, I'm only talking about this game because one of my friends posted it on their Snapchat where they're like, oh, undefeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever. Um, you must also say Garrett Gilbert. Um, Garrett Gilbert was a six-round pick by the St. Louis Rams, and has a, he threw his first touchdown just yesterday, and he was drafted in, like, 2014, but, you know, he, he Gilbert played pretty decent, um, it's hard, I mean, it's hard to play, it's hard to know what to expect from a guy who wasn't on a team going into, like, last week, or he might have been on the practice squad, um, I was disappointed in the Cowboys not trading for somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick at the trade deadline because, I mean, if if the Dolphins are going to go full Tua, you need a quarterback and ASAP. Dalton's still hurt. Dak's hurt for the rest of the season. Ben DiNucci, as much as I love him, ain't the option. Gary Gilbert, ain't the option. Uh, Cooper Rush, who's the backup after Gary Gilbert, ain't the option. Your third string quarterback right now might be Kellen Moore, who is the offensive coordinator. <laughs> so, it, I mean, I'm I'm kind of shocked they didn't go after a quarterback. Maybe it's the tank for Trevor, but does Trevor really want to leave Clemson? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Who who knows? I mean, Dabo. Well, I guess we could talk about it now. But Dabo Sweeney is an expert at getting people to stay in college, so it's whatever. Um, we'll move on to the next game. Uh. What other game do we want to talk about here on the 3-Ball Podcast? Ah, the Falcons got a dub. Falcons almost blew another lead, but they didn't blow a lead, so congrats to them. Matty Ice played good. Congrats to Matt Ryan for that win. Um, They look like a better team than uh, they did a couple weeks ago. So, hey, congrats to the Falcons. Um, Who else? Uh, the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, Justin Herbert looked fantastic, as usual, going into this week. Uh, They did lose, and... Somehow fashion. Uh, they scored a touchdown on the last play of the game, but then it was overturned, and then it wasn't a touchdown, so they lost by that. Um, Herbert's looking good. Obviously, the wins don't translate to it. Um, so, yeah. Also, I'd just like to point out that Colin Cowherd may be the dumbest person ever, and because he said, putting in Tua now is just an experiment, and if he plays bad, then they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. What the heck are you talking about, dude? Because um, Colin Cowherd's stupid. Um, another person I'd just like to point out who has some of the dumbest football opinions of all time is at the uh, Fantasy Football Counselor. He's one of the dumbest people I've ever seen on Instagram, and he gets paid to do that. So whatever. Congrats to them. Um, do we want to talk about any other games that were actually important in this? Ah, uh, the Chiefs won. Congrats to the Chiefs. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell didn't do much. The backs really didn't do much in this game. Um, so that's one of the re- another reason why fantasy football counts are stupid. The backs didn't do anything in this game, and he's talking about how Le'Veon Bell sucks. Well, the Chiefs' game plan isn't to hand the ball off to the running backs, it's to throw the football. So, I really don't understand what's your point on talking about how Le'Veon Bell had, like, three carries for six yards, or whatever. You do you, man. Um, 
What else do we like? Oh, what other game? What other game? What other game? Ah, uh, yeah, that's... We're gonna skip the rest of the games. If you're a fan of a certain team, I'm sorry that I didn't talk about your game, but whatever. Um, Tua versus Kyler. Probably uh, the best quarterback matchup that we had. We were expecting Brady versus Breeze to be the best quarterback matchup we had. But instead, it was two young bucks who are, are both shorter quarterbacks. One's a lefty, Kyler's righty. Um, they played amazing. Uh, Tua played pretty good. Um, Tua looked like his former Alabama self against Georgia. Uh, he was running around. Kyler did his Kyler thing where he was running around. Um, they both played great. Uh, I know a couple of fans, uh, a couple of no-brain fans are mad at the fact that, uh, Kyler and D-Hop, only DeAndre Hopkins, if you don't know who that is, D-Hop had, uh, one catch. Um, but he's being, he's kind of being locked at, locked down. And if you, I don't understand why people think d I do think D-Hop's a great wideout, but he's not top three. D-Hop was getting locked down in Houston for a couple games. Like, you can't be the the best wide receiver in the league when you're getting locked out. Um, Michael Thomas made his return uh, since week one, and he didn't get locked out. Uh, and I'm saying locked out instead of locked down just because I can. But I don't understand. i never seen Julio get locked down or locked out, whichever one you want me to say at this point. Um, so D-Hop ain't, D-Hop's good, but he ain't amazing, like, he's amazing, but he's not the best wide receiver in the league, let me point that out, he is amazing. Um, that, Tua and Kyler lit it up, uh, Kyler was getting his team into field goal range, and Zane Gonzalez, and if you know who that is, congrats to you, you must be a Browns fan. Um, Zane Gonzalez had a 49-yard field goal, and he missed it short. I still don't understand how um, NC State's kicker hit a 53-yard field goal, and he's not much of a power kicker. He's an accuracy kicker. Um, He hit a 53-yard field goal and did a DX suck it um, (laughs) after he made it. Um, Yeah, just going to miss 49-yard field goal short now. I guess that's the move. Um, Now, let's talk about we're going to shift to NBA basketball, then we'll get into college football real quick. Terrence Davis, um, if you don't know what happened to him, well, then I'm going to tell you real quick. Um, I thought I would throw this in here just because um, it's about the Raptors, and I know some people like the Raptors on here. But um, Terrence Davis, um, a lot of of potential to be a great NBA basketball player. Um, He kind of finessed his way to the Raptors. He said he really wasn't going to play for anybody else. He wasn't going to play if it wasn't for a playoff contender. Uh, gets drafted to the Raptors pretty late in the uh, first round. Has a lot of potential. He can knock down the three. He's very athletic. Um, got a right. He's charged with the uh, abusing a woman or beating up a woman. Woman, I. The same thing A B did, but well, not really, but but kind of at the same time. Antonio Brown. His both of them are allegations and. Antonio's are a lot more believable to say, ah, he didn't do it, but uh, Terrence Davis, uh, it's hard to say, like, with women versus men, because me being the sports fan, I'm like, ah, I hope he didn't do it, but at the same time, then that's like, I don't want to discredit the woman here, and if the woman, let's say, let's say he actually did do it, but they're like, uh, what if he actually did do it? And they're like, oh, oh no, you're innocent. Yeah. 
char- charges are dropped. Well, then the woman's credibility goes down the drain. And she might have the bruises to prove it. But then again, if she had the bruises to prove it, then, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure she wins the court case, but it's whatever. Um, the thing with Antonio Brown's thing is that this has been going on for like 13 years. <laughs> Not really 13 years, but it's been going on for a long time. Um, and nothing's even come back. Um, they're going to, they're going to settle it in like a civil law, lawsuit, but it's, it's whatever. I really don't care at this point with Antonio because freaking. In the NBA, they are much more strict about, like, this kind of stuff. Like, hey, you hit a woman, you gone. Um, in the NFL, like, golly. Dude was charged with manslaughter and was still playing. Aaron Hernandez killed some people. Like, for real killed some people and was still playing. So, there, there are a couple things that, you know, lenient in the NFL that's not so lenient in the NBA. Um, so, I don't know how to feel about Terrence Davis, um... Uh, with this, I'm not even a big, huge Terrence Davis fan, so I'm not like I am with A.B. where I'm like, ah, oh, A.B.'s innocent, because I, I really don't know, I mean, well, I really don't know what to think about Terrence Davis, um, I've, I've obviously heard about him, but I mean, not, not, not so much, uh, as a great superstar player, but he has the potential to be, um, now we're gonna talk about, uh, some college football, on um, Deer King, uh, pl- so we're gonna start with, uh, the Friday night games that we're on. Uh, you had NC State versus Miami. Uh, Miami, uh, Miami and NC State had a shootout, um, that made Manny Diaz's beloved defense look awful. Um, Bailey Hawkman was the starting quarterback for NC State, and they somehow almost won against De'Eric King. And Miami, De'Eric King looked like a baller. Um, De'Eric King should be in the Heisman conversation. I really don't care what anybody says. Um, dude's a baller. Uh, I'd take him over any quarterback in the SEC, to be honest. Um, then we're going to move on to Notre Dame versus uh, Clemson. There it is. Um, Notre Dame pulled out a good win. Great win for them. I don't know if it's going to continue, though. And a lot of people will will be like, well, DJ put up some great numbers. Okay, well, yeah, he did. But there are a couple reads that Trevor makes that he did not make. And then there's some mis- miscommunication between him and Travis Etienne, where he tosses the ball. I don't think Trevor does that in that situation because he's Etienne's about to get popped by the linebacker, so you're just tossing to him and hope he doesn't die at that point. Um, there are a couple things that Trevor di- doesn't do that DJ did that puts them behind in the game. Um, but DJ did play good. He'll be a superstar in the future. But I'm just saying, uh, Trevor... I, I think they play in the SEC cha- ACC championship game. Trevor Trevor and Clemson beat Notre Dame. But uh, that's a good win for Notre Dame. And that, that puts them in the picture for the playoffs. I mean, obviously you're going to have uh, Bama. Uh, Bama will get in. Uh, I think Ohio State gets in. And then you might have Clemson and Notre Dame. Because I think Clemson beats Notre Dame in the... Uh, in the ACC championship game, but you got one, two, two one-loss teams there. Um, uh, the only tough thing is who you, what are you going to tell Liberty and BYU and Cincinnati? Um, Liberty has a couple of uh, power one wins against some pretty, pretty good, a, pretty, uh, pretty good Virginia Tech team that's uh, in the ACC. Um, they beat somebody else. I can't remember who it is because I don't have Liberty scheduled right in front of me. But they beat somebody else who's a power one team. So. 
Liberty's or Power One Conference team. Sorry. So Liberty, you could make a case for them if you really wanted to, but nobody's gonna make a case. Um. So it's really gonna be weird to see, like, hey, what are you gonna do here? You're gonna have some undefeated teams, maybe a BYU, maybe Cincinnati, and you're gonna have some one-loss teams that I think are better in uh, Clemson and Notre Dame. Because I think Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame, like I've said 30,000 times right now. Um, so that's going to be a tough situation right there. Uh, I think Ohio State wins out. And Georgia now has two losses, so there's no chance they get in. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to that's gonna be tough. It's going to be tough for Georgia. Um, you don't have a quarterback. I mean, Stetson's all right, but there's a reason he was a walk-on. Um, and he's not Baker Mayfield walk-on, so it really ain't... Is Baker had scholarship offers. He just freaking went to Oklahoma, I think. I think. Don't quote me on that. I think that. Um, but Stetson's obviously not Baker Mayfield. Um, and when you have an offense... When you have a coach like Kirby... Georgia can't develop quarterbacks worth crap. They couldn't develop under Mark Rick either. Um, so Georgia's never had a history of great quarterbacks. I mean, you look at it, the best quarterback Georgia's had was in 1959, and that was Fran Tarkington, or 1960, around there. Um, if we want to look at the other quarter, and Fran Tarkington didn't even start. Charlie Burt was the starter over Fran Tarkington uh, for the 1959 season where they won the SEC championship, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, speaking of Charlie Britt, we might be able to get him on the podcast. That'd be pretty cool. But, um, so, if you look at it, Georgia's never really had a great quarterback history. I mean, it, and it's, it's not, and people are going to call me insane here. Georgia, Georgia coaches aren't racist, but they continue the tradition of putting the more... Caucasian quarterback in over the African American, and it's not it's not because they're not racist, but it's just just a tradition. If you look back at the last time Georgia had a quarterback situation, they had DJ Shockley, and this was on the Rick, so it's not like this is just Kirby. You had, and even you can go back to when Vince Dooley was coach. Um, I can't remember the exact quarterback, but he was a he was a baller, and uh, I mean he didn't play a lot. Or no, he did. He did start, and nobody ever wanted to give him credit. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. It'll come to me when the podcast is over. But um, I'm sure you. Well, um, most of you don't even. Most of you wouldn't know who he is, even if I knew his name off right now. But this is something for the younger kids to go back on right now. Um, Day, David Green and DJ Shockley. If you ask me, if you ask people who the better quarterback is in Georgia fan base, they, they might say David. They might say David Green, but DJ Shockley was a much better quarterback. And as much as I love David Green, because I, David Green was a baller. He's one of the people I met when I was younger, and I love David Green. But you, DJ Shockley was a much better quarterback. In fact, the one year DJ actually led the team, they he won the SEC championship. And then they got beaten in the Sugar Bowl by West Virginia with that man named Pat White. But I wish Pat White could be on the podcast too. Pat White's kind of an OG baller. Um, 
But Georgia has a history of typically not playing the better quarterback. I mean, Dewan Mathis, um, and he didn't play amazing in the Florida game, but he he really only has one touchdown, one interception. His other interception came off of the fact that uh, he was being blitzed, and it was it was fourth and ten, and he just had to throw one up. I mean, Georgia's O line didn't block worth a crap on that play, and he just had to scramble and throw one up. So. In reality, he only had one touchdown, one interception. Stetson didn't play good. Um, and Georgia can't develop quarterbacks. In fact, ju- when Justin Fields went to Ohio State, you know what they said? You know what Ryan Day said? He said, there's a lot of work to be done here. Justin Fields is a five-star recruit who was a dual threat, probably the best dual threat in the country, if I'm not mistaken. And Georgia gets him for a year. And he can't redshirt because, you know, they're doing the whole thing where they're going to put him on special teams or whatever. And George, he gets to Ohio State and Ryan Day's like, there's a lot of work to do. (laughs) So, so it's definitely something to look at that Georgia just can't develop quarterbacks. Georgia's never had an amazing quarterback. Stafford, when he was there, wasn't really that great. Um, So, uh, Aaron Murray... And Mark Rick did get a lot out of Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray's an NFL quarterback, and they they never won the SEC. I mean, they won the East a couple times, but they never won the SEC championship. Um, and against some dudes who probably shouldn't have been in the SEC championship. I mean, one year they lost to literally just the Honey Badger because Tyron Matthew was the best player on the field that day. Um, so... It's definitely interesting to see with uh, Georgia what happens. Um, now we're going to move on to the Masters, and then we'll get into how Bill Bell heard how Robert Kraft and Brett, Tom Brady killed the Patriots. Um, so the Masters, uh, actually, I might cut it down in, ah, uh, maybe, who knows. Uh, no, I probably won't. The Masters. Okay, so the Masters is going to be played in Augusta. Um, I am in Augusta right now, so congrats to the people who know that. Um, the, Sergio Garcia is going to drop out. Um, obviously the former Masters champions who are coming back. Not Sergio Garcia because he's not playing. You got Tiger, Phil, or these are the people I believe are playing. Tiger, Phil, DJ Singh, Danny Willett. Danny Willett's an OG. And I'd love for that dude to be on the podcast. You know, if we could get Danny Will on the podcast, I'd appreciate that. But um, those are some former Masters champions off the top of my head. Two are coming back. Ricky Fowler's always there. Uh, Rory McIlroy's always there. Um, Jason Day. I think he won a Masters, so it really don't matter. Um, Jason Day's there. Jordan Spieth, former Masters champion himself. Um, who else? Who else do we have? That's that's usually in contention. Uh, Charlie Hoffman's usually there for a couple days, for two days. That that he plays pretty good, and the rest he just falls off. Uh, Ian Poulter's usually there. Ian Poulter's a pretty good golf player too, uh, especially in the Ryder Cup. He plays amazing. So you got you got a couple guys who are good. Um, who who do I think is going to win the Masters? Uh, personally, the Masters is just like a NASCAR race. You really don't know who's going to win. Um, uh, I, uh, my pick is, uh, if, <laughs> I'm not a betting man, so I definitely wouldn't bet on, uh, the guy I say. I'm gonna pick Danny Willett, just cause I'm a Danny Willett fan. Danny Willett wins his second Masters, and yeah, congrats to Danny. Or Tony Finau. If you want my realistic pick, I hope Tony Finau wins. Uh, if you want my fantasy pick, then you go with Danny Willett. But Tony Finau is a good option, too. Uh, 
dislocate his ankle in the par three. <laughs> Still the funniest golf moment I have in my memory. He uh, hits it. Oh, yes. Dislocates his ankle. Pops it back in place and then keeps playing golf. Congrats to him. Um, Now, we go to... Actually, you know, we're gonna cut to a we're gonna cut to a break, and then we'll get into how Robert Kraft and Tom Brady killed the Patriots franchise. I'll see you after the break. Hello, and welcome back from the break. You are listening to the Three Ball Podcast, 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 podcast. Anyways, yeah, sorry about that. I just want to try something different real quick. Uh, if it was good, let me know. I'll do it again, or I can do the welcome back thing from Mace. But whatever, <laughs> or Mace. Sorry. <laughs> so the last. Subject or no, it's not gonna be the last subject. I said before the break that we were gonna, I was gonna talk about the Patriots, and I am because you know, go Pats, right? Um, before we do that, I want to talk about the disappointment of Georgia. Um, and I can kind of make a whole podcast about this as a whole disappointment of Georgia, like as a literal whole. Um, about like Georgia's whole thing as uh whole time as a college football team. I'm just gonna talk about this year real quick. Um Georgia's disappointed a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Um the two games that are most prominent on your schedule, you lose. Um you get killed by Florida because you don't have a quarterback and you haven't been good at developing quarterbacks in the last thirteen thousand years. Um the last good quarterback to come out of Georgia and people want to say Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford wasn't that great at Georgia. The best quarterback as I said to come out of Georgia was either Fran Tarkington or uh Charlie Britt. Who and Charlie Britt didn't even play quarterback in the NFL. He played safety. So, it just shows you how good of a And Charlie Britt was a baller though. So let's not let's let's not misquote that. Baller Charlie was a baller. Um so yeah, Georgia's disappointed, and the SEC isn't good. There's no coaches that are game changers. Nick Saban, and I'm gonna have to take Kirby off the list of good coaches, because Kirby's not a good coach either right now. You get blown, you get killed by Florida, you get killed by Bama, and yeah, you can outcoach Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee, but you look at it now, Tennessee's not good now. Arkansas, you. That's my cat, man. Whatever. You then you go and you beat you beat Arkansas in the first game of the year. But as I said, the first game of the year, Arkansas's not even ranked, and I it's just insane to me that Georgia. Oh, Auburn, because Auburn's great too, right? You know, Auburn can beat. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they beat Arkansas. They shouldn't have beat them at the same time because they got real lucky with that spike that was backwards and they didn't call it. So, I don't understand the whole premises of Georgia being, oh, this is a, and, oh, Kentucky, too. Yeah, I go Kentucky. I understand Georgia in the fact where they fired Mark Rick so they could win more games. But in reality, you haven't won more games. You've actually been worse. You haven't developed quarterbacks. The quarterback play has been down since Rick left. It's just, it's just bad. It's just bad football. Georgia's not good football to watch. Georgia's boring football. Georgia has a solid defense for some games, but then you got other games where you're going up against Auburn and Chad Morris is calling plays, and Chad Morris can't call plays. Georgia is bad football to watch. Georgia has great talent, bad coaching, and it's bad football. And so that leads us into great coaching and uh, bad players. We will go to the Patriots. Of how Robert Kraft and Tom Brady killed the Patriots, ruined them, 
whatever word you want to use. So we're going to take a look at last year's stats. Um, Tom Brady, last year he completed 60.8% uh, of his uh, passes were complete. 4,057 yards, 24 touchdowns, 8 picks. That's not a great year for Brady, but that's a pretty good year for a guy like Tom Brady. You know, it's a good year. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, who they did trade to the um, 49ers two years ago. 69.1 uh, completion percentage, 3,978 yards, 27 touchdowns, 13 INTs. And he got the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Um, Jacoby Brissett was, uh, the thing with Jacoby is, you gotta take a look at last year. He was an MVP candidate before he got hurt, then he tried to come back a little too early, and it kind of ruined his stats, but I'm gonna give you Jacoby's full year stats. They're not that good, or they're, they're deflated. They shouldn't, they're not as good as they would have been if I would have given you, the, like, the first seven weeks, but I don't think that's a fair assessment, because Brady could have had, Brady could have played bad in three weeks, and those three weeks could have been through week seven, and that hurts Brady's numbers, or it hurts Jimmy G's numbers, and it only helps Jacoby's. So I'll give you his full stats. It's 60.9 completion percentage, 2,942 yards, 18 touchdowns, six picks. I'd also like to mention, last year, the Colts wide receivers could not get open for jack squat. They, they might have been one of the worst wide receivers core. And you can say the Patriots. But the Colts had one of the worst wide receiving cores that I've seen. T.Y. couldn't get open. And it, it was sad. But whatever. You know, and Eric Ebron cost him a game or two. So, you know, it's kind of like... And so Vin, Vin Terry lost him a game or two. Even though one of them, it wasn't Vin Terry's fault, though. Holder had uh, spun the ball wrong, and the laces were uh, laces were pointing towards him. But that's not the point. Um, so there we go. There, and I I forgot to mention the Patriot way. So the Patriot way is basically once you get old, or you your level of playing goes down, they get rid of you. They trade you, which is what Bill Belichick wanted to do with Tom Brady because hey, we got this guy named Jimmy Garoppolo from uh, North Northern Illinois uh, State, I think, who looks pretty good in practice. And we always thought that before this year, go, or going into this year, that you could plug in any quarterback and it could be the Patriot way. And Bill Belichick would do amazing with him. Well, that's not the case. We saw that this year. It's not the case. You have to have a certain type of quarterback. You have to have a quarterback who can hit the six-yard six in route. Or the six, he can, he can hit yards from six yards and in. And Cam hasn't been able to do that this year, which hurts the Patriots. He turns the ball over a lot, which is way more than the other quarterbacks. Bill Belichick, I'll give you the quarterbacks Bill Belichick has coached. And if you and you'll probably notice something with them. And it's, and we're not gonna use skin color, but you'll notice something about them. They're all guys who can hit the six yard in routes. Or six yards and in. Tim Couch, NFL bust, but could throw the football from six yards and in. Drew Bledsoe. Was, he was a reason for a number one overall pick, six yards and in. Tom Brady can hit the six yards and in routes. Jimmy Garoppolo can hit that. Matt Castle, he can hit those throws. Jacoby Brissett is a, a great thrower. Then you got Cam Noon, not a great thrower. And he's had, Tom, Bill Belichick has had success with all those quarterbacks, except who? Cam Newton. He made the playoffs with Tim Couch. When he got to New England, Pete Carroll, who everybody loves as a coach now, had single-handedly ruined the Patriots as a whole because Parcells left, 
And then uh, Pete Carroll came in, and Pete Carroll did not do a good job of coaching that team. And it was a dumpster fire when Belichick got there, which people want to completely ignore. The same, like, my dad will used to stat, what's his winning percentage without Tom Brady? It's not, it's, it's below 50, because when he got there, the Browns were a mess, and he turned the Browns around. So those first couple of years are obviously going to be bad. When he got to New England, Pete Carroll had turned New England into a dumpster fire. It wasn't good. And then they draft Brady. He, in fact, he's the one who drafted Brady because he knows the quarterbacks that can play in the NFL. He knows he knows what works and he knows what doesn't. And if Robert Kraft allows him to, if, if Robert Kraft allows him to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think the Patriots are still a dynasty as they as they should be today. And you will say, "What? No, there's no way. There's living proof of why this works." You want to. And obviously, I love Brett. I like Brett Favre a lot more than I like Tom Brady. But I'll show you why this works. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers was was Brett Favre still playing on a pretty high level when he got released from Green Bay or traded from Green Bay? Yes, he was. And you know, it's very similar about these. What was Brett Favre's last throw as a Green Bay Packer? An interception. What was Tom Brady's last throw as a uh, Patriot? An interception. But here's the difference. You let Brady go too long. The Packers cut loose of Brett Favre. And a lot of people, the fans, disagreed with it. But you know, uh, Holmgren, I, I think Holmgren was the coach. He was a, I know, it was Mike McCarthy. You know, Mike McCarthy, as much as people don't like Mike McCarthy, and I don't like McCarthy... He knew who, what what he had behind Brett Favre. And there was a kid named Aaron Rodgers who Green Bay fans didn't like because he was going to start over Favre. He was the reason Favre got traded. Well, look how it's worked out for Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is the winner. Aaron Rodgers plays good. He may have some attitude issues, but he's a winner. Jimmy G, he got, they, Robert Kraft's like, no, 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 no. Let's stick with Brady. Let's stick with Brady. Mm-hmm. You know how that worked out? Tom gave you half a good year, and you win the Super Bowl 13-3, to which Jimmy Garoppolo could have done that, or even Jacoby Brissett could have done that. And you go to, then you don't have an option as the plan B because your owner is selfish and just wanted to win another Super Bowl instead of thinking of the future where you could win a couple Super Bowls. But no, it's all about Brady. Nah, it's not about Bill. It's all about Brady. So in that, that one decision single-handedly ruined the Patriots franchise as a whole. Because it was always the it was always the Patriot way, except when it comes to Tom Brady. And you should have got rid of him sooner. I'm just saying. You should have got rid of him sooner. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. In fact, they traded Jacoby Brissett. Why? Because Robert Kraft said, Oh, Tom needs a weapon. So guess what? You traded Jacoby Brissett. For Philip Dorsett. You know what Philip Dorsett's done in uh, New England? Nothing. Nothing. And you got a second round pick out of that. I don't remember who they took for that second round pick. But it wasn't, it wasn't great. Well, it's not a pro bowler because it's the Patriot way. You just do your job. We're not about stats here. Brady's about stats. Brady is the complete opposite of the Patriot way. Which is why Belichick and him clashed a lot. And Belichick wanted to get rid of him. Because the Patriot way works if you let the Patriot way run itself. But when you stop the Patriot way from one guy, when 
Belichick knows what he has behind him in Jimmy G, who's a winner. And you can tell me, oh, well, Jimmy G doesn't put up the stats. Well, guess what? That's the Patriot way. Don't You don't have to put up stats. You just got to win. Win, baby, win. As Herm Edwards say, you play to win the game. And that's what the Patriot way is. Win the game. Doesn't matter how, just win. That's... And even uh, if you want to look at it, it, one of the main knocks on Belichick is that he doesn't draft very good. He hasn't had a pro bowler since 2013. Or he hasn't drafted a pro bowler since 2013. That's not what the Patriots are about. And a couple of years, they've been in the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl winner, the super, the people in the Super Bowl don't play in the Pro Bowl. So, there's a level here about why the Patriot way should always work, and it will always work if you don't interfere with it. And I would love I'd love to hear your comments on uh, why it's Bill Belichick's fault instead of Tom Brady and Robert Kraft's fault. Um. So, yeah. Oh, I'd also like to mention a thing about Jacoby Brissett. The reason why Bill Belichick loved Jacoby Brissett so much is because the fact that he came from the Bill Parcells scheme and Bill Parcells really liked Jacoby. Jacoby went to NC State. Jacoby played pretty good. At, and Jacoby played really well at NC State. He was at Florida to begin with. He was at Florida for like a year and then transferred to NC State. Played great at NC State. Really helped turn around NC State's program, to be honest. But... And you could say, oh, how did he turn it around? They went from winning like seven games year nine. Well, nine wins at NC State's like a Georgia 10-win season or a Georgia 11-win season. They like nine wins there. So, Jacoby can obviously play. And so, yeah, that, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, and Jacoby's one of the most underrated NFL players on the roster right now. If I was a GM, that's who I'd go after because he can play. Um... That's going to be it for the Three Ball Podcast today. Um, just remember, Patriot Way, Bill Belichick, uh, it works. You just got to trust it. And Robert Kraft did not trust it. After it had won him five Super Bowls, it's let's forget the Patriot Way and they won't win a Super Bowl until... They won't win a Super Bowl until they can draft a quarterback or they trade for a quarterback. That's pretty decent. Um, Cam, he just didn't fit the Patriot Way. Um... Sad to see, but, you know, I, I hoped that Cam would do great. But McDaniels has proven that he he doesn't remember what to do anymore. Um, he's not calling the best plays for Cam. Cam's not uh, Cam's not performing in the plays that he should make. Um, Cam's making a lot of mistakes, which he wouldn't have made. Uh, he always made those mistakes, so it's not like Cam hasn't made those mistakes. Um, but thank you for listening to the Three Ball Podcast. Uh, we, I really appreciate it that if you actually sat through and listened to this whole Patriot Way stuff and you like... Oh, also, I'm probably going to end up doing a podcast pretty soon of uh, the most underrated players of every sport. Because I, I did the GOAT from every sport, so I'm going to do one soon with uh, my friend Ricky of the most underrated player from every sport. And then if you guys like that one, we'll do the most overrated player in every sport. We'll do that too. Um, So thank you for listening. Uh, Stay safe. Peace out.